Good morning and welcome to episode 11 of Get Set to Thrive podcast. And joining Shreyas and I today, hopefully, will be Rob Sharkey. We are working with some technical issues, so hopefully we can get them figured out. Hello, everyone. I'm Shreyas, and you're watching Get Set to Thrive podcast, our very first live episode. And it's a bummer that uh, Rob is facing some technical issues. So in the meantime, we will be talking about uh, how we planned the podcast and what was some of our major motivations. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have Rob uh, to share his wisdom with us very soon. So in the meantime, uh, Michelle, I'd just like to ask how uh, did you get the idea to start a podcast and what was your major motivation to start a podcast exclusively for coaching? Well, I think that um, I've always wanted to, I like talking in front of people, let's be honest. (laughs) I do. So a podcast is a great way to do that. And it also helps hone your communication skills. But really, I think the credit needs to go to you, Shreyas, because I believe it was actually your idea for us to do a podcast about coaching. Am I correct? I frankly do not remember. I just know that it was a collective effort that we both resonated with. And um, I really do not know how we started because we were literally not having a clue as to how uh, podcasts were conducted. We just had one brainstorming session where we went through different blogs on podcasts and all of a sudden the idea clicked. Um, and uh, the name in itself, uh, it's the combination of both our ventures, Get Set Rise, Gave Rise to Get Set, and yours is Cultivate and Thrive, which gave rise to Thrive. And it's just uh, magical after that. I really do not know or remember how it started. And yeah, it's it's been surreal, but it's been definitely rewarding as well. Okay. What do you feel about that? Well, I'm going to interrupt our lovely chat and let everyone know that, yay, God is good. Rob is here. He's waiting. So I'm very (laughs) excited to get him in. I would like people who are showing up on um, either Facebook or LinkedIn Live to please drop where you're from, where you're joining us from, and questions, comments, and shares are appreciated. So let's welcome Rob Sharkey. Hi, how are you guys? Can you, Hello. Can you hear me good? Yeah. You're good, loud and clear. I, I had a, I had a switch from our my office because for some reason I was unable to connect. So I apologize for the time delay. I know you guys are very busy, and so you get to see pictures of my mom and family and my bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know what? It's what life's all about, right? That's right. Yeah, we the get important a little- thing is. Yeah, you just made it to the show, and yeah. we are really glad to have you with us. I'm so Michelle. glad to finally okay. meet you guys. Uh, you know, this has been going on for a long time, and we have, we should have done a Zoom meeting a long time ago. So, <laughs> yes, I love the fact that you said your family's in the background and your bike, so we get a little bit of sneak peek into the background of Rob Sharkey. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's funny because you know you see. You, uh, when somebody's on a Zoom, you, you get to see all their life that goes on around them, you know, kids, dogs. It's always kind of nice, you know. I'm actually glad this whole thing happened. That way it's people are being real now, you know. Yes. So I think um, maybe we want to know a little bit about Rob. Well, I'll give you a uh, kind of a quick block of who I am. Um, I grew up in a military family. I... Um, had a very, very hard childhood, uh, did not do well in high school at all, uh, got out of high school, tried to create life on my own, realized that um, I seriously needed some education. So I went back and not to brag, I ended up with about four different degrees and tried anything from civil engineering to I got into some uh, different businesses and then started my own businesses and figured out that I was pretty good at building businesses and uh, bring them to the point of being able to sell them. Uh, about 
three or four years ago, I got into acquisitions. A friend of mine owns a pretty large acquisition company. Um, and unfortunately, it is taking apart uh, businesses that are failing. And I started seeing that there was a huge gap um, between having having a business that was failing and having someone that can help them with their business. So I had created all these small businesses. So I started working with a lot of people, just helping them on the side. It grew into a, a big business. Um, Kelly Sharkey and myself then created uh, business coaching that we started helping a lot of people with. COVID happened. I ended up back in my house. Um, I've always been face-to-face -face type salesperson and type uh, coach. So I used to be able to see someone's entire body so I could tell if they're listening to everything I had to say or if uh, they were absorbing things that at my points I was trying to get across. And so when we came into COVID, I ended up on a screen and I only see people from here up. So <laughs> I had to reinvent the wheel because I, 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 I've always been, my background, a lot of it's forensics. I, um, I don't want to get in too deep into that, but I really study forensics a lot, body language, um, all the way into recovering evidence, working with police departments, all that. Anyways, long story short is, is part of it is learning about uh, people's mannerisms and all that. So from here up, I pay attention to mannerisms, your eye movements, uh, how your voice goes up and down. And so anyways, we ended up uh kelly sharkey went uh, one side and i went one side she helps more women than, than myself and i know you guys were talking about having her on um but i found that a lot of what i did was connected to life coaching then i found this linkedin which i really didn't do anything much online as you can see i'm late to this because i don't know computers that well i do know people's mind pretty well and so here i am today and now i do a lot of, I have two people that are finishing up and becoming life coaches. And um, I now uh, teach more life coaching than I, than I uh, do really working with people with life coaching, but I still will do either one. And then now we've just created, um, it took about six months um, and a lot of work, a lot of money. Uh, a lot of tearing apart the way associations work and we created core mentors association to bring people around the world together into one place that that actually are out to help people there's literally millions and millions of coaches as you guys well know uh, the world is saturated with them right now and we're really wanting to bring people together that can help people and um, in a way that it isn't just relying on the money issue. I know that's important, but we're really trying to bring people together that want to help people and have the skills that they can, that they can uh, bring on to other people to bring them to a spot of being at peace with themselves. So that was kind of a long, it was shorter, but I, you know, a bit longer. Yeah. Anyway. So, so uh, I have a question for you guys. You guys are doing amazing, and I know this is your show, but I, I'm always a person that likes to put other people first, and you guys knew I was going to do this probably. But uh, You guys are amazing coaches, and what you're doing with your shows and helping people uh, in LinkedIn, it is making a huge impact. There is so many people that don't comment, don't like, that sit outside. I would say most of my clients are people who have never liked or commented on my post but have watched me from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So I just want to let you guys know, it's huge what you guys are doing. So well, th thank, thank you. you very much. Uh. So um, yes, and given your um, life experiences, it's no wonder that you've started this beautiful life coaching mentoring association called the Co-Mentors Association. So what was your biggest motivation to start a venture to mentor coaches? Or is it a program where you bring in uh, people who have the skills that can make them a good coach and you mentor them to be coaches? How does it work? Yeah, how, how it works, um, uh, being in the forensic side, I saw that there was a lot of um, 
need for people that, okay, everyone has a valley, right? Everyone has the best thing that's happened in their life and the worst thing that's happened in their life. And in that, in that valley of life, you have all kinds of notches up and down that um, uh, valley. And that valley can connect with other people's emotions, other people's businesses, other people's problems in their lives. And so mainly uh, one of the main things I try to teach people first and foremost is that no matter who you are, after the age of five, all of that uh, knowledge that you're building until whatever age you are now, if you have the capability of helping people, you can. I've met 10-year-old kids that have more, um, I don't want to say scruples about life, but more knowledge about life, and they're able to fit in to slots that people are looking for in their lives at 70 years old because they've caught on to that part of their life that's so important. The, the uh, valley that I use, um, if you have a business, if you have, a, let's say you have a business and you have somebody come to you that has a business problem, even, with, even if you don't have knowledge of their business, businesses all run the same. I'm going to get so many bad comments about this, but businesses all run the same. You have leadership. If you have employees, you're over those employees. Great leadership runs those employees or works with those employees to be a, a great team. So if you look at your valley in life, it's the same thing. You have millions of hats that you've created over the years. Those hats can fit somebody's problem and you mesh those together. And when those two come together, you're able to be on that level to be able to have the discussion with the person about their problem or their, or their business. So it all, it, it, all, it all intertwines. All of it's the same. Again, I'm probably going to have people say, no, it's not the same, but it is. You're, you're, what you just did right now where you take a breath, my breath and your breath and your breath is all exactly the same. We just took the same breath. Our moment in time always experienced by everyone across the board. So in that time, we all grabbed an experience. No matter what it is, you grab that experience. That experience came with a failure or came with a, 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 an achievement. And that can be switched over to someone else's failure or achievement to be able to connect with them. Does that make sense? That's what I work off. I've been called a ground floor mentor. A couple of the people that I've been working with over the years call me a ground floor mentor because I don't, I don't care about your cars. I don't care about your house. I don't care about you. Honestly, when it comes down to it, your family, as much as, as important as they are, doesn't matter when it comes to you. You have to know you, and then that way you can connect with someone else. Your family, your friends, your cars, your houses, all that stuff. And not when I say stuff, I don't mean family as stuff, but <laughs> those things have all got to be separate from where your heart can connect with someone else. So. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that, Rob. Um, I think you know that. But um, so, what do you find to be probably the biggest hurdle for coaches or coaches and clients in a, in a coaching engagement? Um, I would say probably the biggest thing is when someone, someone comes to you, um, and, and I, and, and I, I just love some of the people you guys know on LinkedIn. I absolutely, they're family to me. You guys are, you guys are two of them. Um, there, there's a lot of coaches that I come across. The ones that I'm, that I'm working with, they, 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 Try to connect money to coaching, and it, mm. it, it can't be together. It has to be a separate entity. Co coaching is the, the biggest problem I see is when someone tries to uh, start working their packages into someone or their hourly rate. I'm, I'm very blunt. I come out. I say, hey, I'm X amount of dollars. This is how much it costs. After I talk to them, after I see if I'm a good fit. And a lot mm -hmm. of coaches don't. And I shouldn't say a lot of coaches. There are coaches that don't. Um, don't try to get the fit first. They try to think of, I got to sell this person on the package or my hourly rate, but I'm very blunt. If someone asks me, you know, what, 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 how much it is and all that, I'll tell them straight off. I'll say, this is how much I am. But the only way that I'm going to work with you is if we're a good fit. If we're not a good fit, I can't work with you. And the fit means that you have to be able to listen to me. I have to be able to listen to you. And if we can't do that halfway through this and you decide to not listen to what I'm actually trying to teach you, then I have to let you go. And it's that. And unfortunately, that's the way uh, a lot of coaches 
some coaches look at things as they try to get the package, the, the, they, they try to, you know, get those hourly rates going in someone's head uh, that, that, you know, we're going to need six weeks. Hourly rates are this much for the six weeks. I think that the biggest failure is that a person doesn't connect with the person first, whether they're a coach or not, you know, even a conversation, you want to connect with that person. It's, it's, it's important. So, kind of a long, long answer again. <laughs> I actually find the same uh, issue too, because um, some of, um, actually I don't say peers, but uh, when I engage with a different set of coaches, there are some who place great emphasis on their rates rather than have a discovery call where they find um, the mental state of your client, because as coaches, we do not uh, really engage uh, with clients who have uh, dysfunctional issues because it is a straightaway referral to a psychologist. So Absolutely. it's really important uh, that we use the discovery call to gauge uh, the mental state of the client and also allow the client to gauge you as well, to allow them to examine you, question you on the tools you use, question you on the skills, and make sure that they are comfortable. And after probably giving out the 30 minutes, it is uh, after that, uh, I'd really like to talk about uh, the packages. But right. uh, again, there is this issue with uh, the pandemic where people have lost jobs. Uh, there is financial difficulty for everyone. So how do you deal with those type of clients who come to you um, and seek uh, your services for a reduced rate, citing these issues? How do you really explain to them why you charge what you charge? Um, I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of it is um, so if someone comes to me and they've lost their job. I just ask them, uh, you know, I've done I've done career coaching, business coaching, and now I'm out of it and I'm out of it in the way that I'm charging for it. So if a client comes to me, they're working with me and their life, they're in uh, wanting to know more about life coaching, teaching it themselves or if they're looking for something in their life, uh, I will I will work with them a little bit on the business end of it. But um, if someone comes to me that's lost their job, uh, usually what I'll say is, you know, do you have a, do you have a resume? Do you have do you have um, uh, do you have a resume? Do you have you have you actually reached out to certain people? And then what I'll do is I'll try to get them to someone that does resumes. You know, like you're saying, do do a referral, kind of uh, help them um, move to the right people to help them. I had somebody come in and I was talking to him in 10, 15 minutes. Um, I actually started talking to him about, uh, you know, they, they needed, they need a special kind of help. I think that it's way outside of my wheelhouse, but I want to, um, let you know that you should call it was a suicide hotline. And I said, just, you know, talk with those people. They're going to be able to help you out um, what you're looking for from me. I, I'm not going to be able to give you, I will be here for support, but I, I'm not gauged to do something like this. I, I think all of us in life can help someone out that is going down that road to a point, but I think it's like you're saying, you got to let it go uh, to someone else. Um, you were asking, you're asking um, too, is what would I do? You mean when someone comes to me and says, Hey, I want a discount on my, on your services. I, I have to look at it like this. I have mouths to feed. I have, I have bills to pay just like everyone else. So I, I always say this. I give quality service for a quality price. If 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 someone is needing less help, it's not that I'm at a premium that you can't touch me, but there are thousands and thousands upon thousands of amazing people that maybe not get high, you know, high likes or high comments, but are amazing uh, mentors that they can get at a, a lower rate. I've just set those standards because. I don't like to I don't like to take someone on and not give them 100% of my time. When that when that time clicks and it's their time, it's about them. It's about fixing not not managing, you know, some managing but mainly fixing that problem that they run into. So I'm I'm a person that expects quality pay for quality service. Yeah, and you know, you wouldn't go to a lawyer and say, "Hey, you know, I need you to defend me on a on, you know, on a case." And go for the cheapest attorney, expecting him to be the best or her the best counsel for you. So, uh, Rob, that's called a public defender. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I 
happen to know that a lot of cases you get exactly what you pay for. Exactly. So. exactly. And at the beginning of this, I don't know if you guys did this, but I got so much bad heat from this is at the very beginning of COVID, I didn't charge a dime. I just, I just said, Hey, look, you know, I came into this thing with a lot of business knowledge, a lot of life knowledge, and I started helping people. And I had made a uh, post and I said, you know, if you can give free help, please do. And I got the biggest hate mail in my direct message. You guys would not believe, but Hey, you know what? Those people are, those people are probably still making good money and you know, they did what they expected to do for that time. And I did what I did. So. Those are valid points uh, that you've stated because even as coaches, we have families to feed and most of us have a team around us uh, who are helping in different uh, aspects about a coaching business. So you have to pay them as well. So it only makes sense that we do not compromise on quality because as I always tell in my podcast, we coaches are expert generalists. So we can literally coach on any domain uh, because one key skill that we believe in or I call it as a foundation principle is you have the answers within yourself. So you will have every reason to find the answers the only issue is that you lack the awareness to do so. And bringing in that awareness is not a small thing. So that is where the real value of a coach lies. And it is only right that we charge what we charge um, because we are giving in that service. So those are valid points, um, which um, then easily translates to my next question, which is, do you select a particular niche? because I know you have done donned various hats. You've been a career coach. You've been a business coach. Now you're a mentor to coaches. So is there a way to select a niche or should you mandatorily have a niche to be successful in the coaching business? That's a great question. So um, my title has always been life, life and career coach. And uh I, I did business, but business business coaching is very dangerous. Uh, you really need to know what you're doing. I, I'm, I mean, really need to know what you're doing. You have to break down different parts, different aspects of the um, business in order to do the right things to make the business run right. And so I came in as a life coach and a career coach because um, some of the businesses I just don't want to touch. I don't. I didn't want to have. <laughs> I, I didn't want to have anything to do with them. And there's certain reasons behind it. Knowledge being one. Um, I have. I have. Like I said, I have a pile of education, but uh, that doesn't always convert right down the line. Uh, life, I think, is a lot. People say it's really complex, but I don't think it's as complex as people make it out to be. So um, recently, I dropped my. Uh, first, I should say the reason I dropped uh, career coaching off of my header is because uh, there are amazing career coaches out there. I mean, some of the best people to put people back online. And I needed to create that niche for myself. I needed to, I needed to say, do I want all of the, the, you know, the people from this or do I want all the people from this? Uh, life coaching gives me a fulfillment like nothing else. I, I business coaching. It's great to see people be able to provide for their families and have their business get bigger. But I didn't want to go down that road because I wanted fulfillment for myself. Uh, and I do very, very well for ourselves, always have. And so we're at a point now where we're able to pick and choose what we decide to do. The life coaching training to teach people to be life coaches, taking somebody from no idea about life coaching to uh, being a fabulous, I, I, I'll pat myself back. Being a fabulous life coach when they're done with me, um, I put a passion into that. And if I have people that come to me and say, hey, I need life coaching, I will be more than happy to work with them. But my niche, if I really narrow down my niche, is I want to teach people to be uh, the best they can be in their life. If they want to use it into life coaching, I can move it into life coaching. You see what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't take... Uh, I was hoping that by letting go of the business side of it, it opens up other doors for other people to be able to get those um, 
get those people uh, under their belt because I don't need to be grabbing at all. There's some people that just grab and grab and change and grab. And I, I think that's, uh, it doesn't look good either. You know, you got to stay steady. You two have been steady this entire time, Michelle. You have not been. You've done, you've, you've reached out and done different things, but you have mm -hmm. not changed in, in, in who you are. And uh, one of the big reasons why I wanted to connect with you on, on core is it's, it you have not veered off of it. Not saying that it's, uh, that there's people that can't be in core uh, for that, but you know we're being we're being really selective on the people that uh, will make it make it really move and show dedication. And some of the people are, are amazing, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, when you're talking about your um, niche, I've been told by a lot of other people coaches, coaches who coach coaches, that you need a real specific niche to market because if you market to everyone, you catch no one. Exactly. Um, and that is something that I have struggled a lot with because like most coaches, I want to help everyone. And and I noticed you said you taught you claim to be a life and career coach, which some people think those are very separate. But I think that um, it's important to let people know that once you start working with a coach, your areas really overlap and the coach can really help you in all areas of your life with some exceptions, like you talked about the business. In that case, you really need to know how a business works to be able to coach effectively. But generally, when you go to a coach, you go for one reason, but you actually might get more benefit for something else. Right. Right. Yeah. And you, and you have, uh, I, I tell people this right off the bat. Once we agree, yep. I think I'll be a good fit for you. You'll be a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. I tell them right off the bat, you are not going to like some of the stuff I tell you. I'm going to make you mad, but mm -hmm. if you want to improve yourself, you have to, you, you literally have to go stick your face in that part of you that you don't want to deal with. And so career life and career coach, I tried to keep them completely separate, but they kept molding into each other. Yeah. Business, business, the business and career side needs to be separated out. You need to have that as a separate entity. Yes, they mesh together, but in my eyes, they, they are a separate entity in the idea that if someone's looking to find a job, yes, you touch a little bit on career uh, on your life, but your career uh, is very, very important. So you're going to need, like I said, you're going to need resume writers. You're going to need people that put you mm -hmm. there in the right way. And so I, 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 uh, I completely agree with you, though. It does mesh together. I've, I've had um, people that were. I mean, they came on with their three-piece suits and, you know, the, the perfect world behind them and, you know, talked about their houses and their cars and all that stuff. And two, three hours into it, uh, they were losing their mind. They were crying. They were upset. They, they didn't realize that what's holding them back in their business is them, the, 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 their employees, their, their uh, leadership. It was just being done wrong and it was being done wrong because it's in their hands and they were doing it wrong. So yeah, it, it, it does mesh together. And like I said, if I come across somebody that does need business help, I have a short list. If someone needs career help, I have a short list. And those short lists are basically what we want CORE to become, uh, CORE Mentors Association. We want that to be the spot that um, if someone has uh, suicidal thoughts, we're, we're connecting with suicide.org. We're, we're working with them right now. If someone has uh, domestic violence that's going on in their house, we're working with two domestic violence um, organizations. We're working with people that help people that are suffering uh, in writing letters to those people that are suffering. We're, we're working with all kinds of people that bring in everything we can possibly bring in. We did stay away from finance because... Um, our uh, attorneys that help us build, build this thing said we probably want to stay away from that because if someone sues somebody for losing a half a million, a million dollars or you know, money in the stock market, they're going to start probing around for who to sue. And so we kind of wanted to stay away from that. We want to keep this as pure as possible. Yeah, well said. Uh, it really makes sense uh, that um, the selection of niche and 
the way you explained how commenters association works. So coming to uh, your style of coaching, what is the coaching philosophy that you follow or is there anybody that you look up to whose coaching philosophy readily resonates with you? Yeah, I I, um, I I was a big Zig Ziglar. I'm not, I'm not, haven't lost it, but I was always a big Zig Ziglar fan. And I, and I uh, he had a, a knack for being able to um, find the problem in the person, in the business, uh, you know, the structure, the people that run it. Uh, and so, if I had anyone that I followed to start with, would be him. Um, when I when I uh, I'll tell you a quick story. When I came on to LinkedIn, uh, almost now what eight months ago, um, I saw this big hole that that you know um, the all these people were getting all these huge numbers, but the stuff they were saying didn't really seem like it connected with their audience. Even the comments didn't connect. So me being who I am uh, and having the background in forensics, I started tearing that apart. And I started seeing that there was uh, a great need. My words weren't getting out because I was new, but m there was a great need for people um, that were lost, that were just looking for a little bit of hope in the what is going on in COVID, what is going on in life. All these people are becoming unemployed. And so uh, I sat down and I just developed, out of all of my experiences, I developed my own way of coaching. So I did, I've never really had, um, I've never really, I went since when I was a little kid, when I had all the worst things in the world that can happen to a little kid happen. Every since then I have built throughout my life, I've built this um, way to be able to, to uh, work with people, to be able to, to be able to open a person up. And again, uh, I'm a ground floor men mentor, if you want to call me that. And I don't, I don't like, um, I don't like all your stuff. I want to know about you. So I created this thing that I do around you, around who you really are. No clothes, no hair, no makeup, no, no nothing. I don't care about anything about your life other than who you really are. And so I developed my own thing to fit that. And it worked very well. Awesome. I, I have a question. So you're talking about getting to know the person for who they are. And we know in coaching, a lot of times uh, coaches will use tools. Are there any assessments or anything like that that you utilize in your coaching that you're willing to share? So here, here I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Um, as I'm watching you guys, my brain, I don't know why it does it, but I pick up on your eye, your eye, eye movements, your face, your way your head moves. It's just how I, how I am. My, one of my past jobs, it was very important to have the details uh, be exact, have nothing but the exact details. Because uh, what I used to do is, is one of the things is I, I'd go recover bodies that had gone underwater or evidence that had gone underwater. And so uh, one of the things that I really pick up on is when someone's telling me it's over there, but they're looking over there or their eyes, <laughs> eyes are closed. I would look for those things. Well, when I work with, um, people and I'm, and I'm, uh, trying to find out I, what I'll do is I'll say something, I'll look for the reaction. And then later on in that same conversation, I'll say something that's related to it and look at the reaction. And in, the, in those two, I try to put those together or two or three, I try to take the mean of them and I put it together. And then I'll go after that subject a little bit, because if I ask you guys about your parents, your eyes and your face are going to do a certain thing. You're either going to smile, you're going to sit back, you're going to get, you're going to have something that's going to indicate to me that there's a, there's a problem with your parents. So I'll talk about other things. I'll hit on your parents a little bit. And eventually what happens is, is I can start combining those things together and I can find out exactly what's bothering you. So it's not your business. It's not your wife or your husband. It's not your, you know, your dog just ripped up your door. None of that kind of stuff. I can really narrow it down to. So you're keep going back to your parents. What happened when you were younger, it's none of my business, but that's what we got to work on. That's the thing that's holding you back. And so that's my, that's my, that's, I, I don't want to say it's different, but a lot of people, you know, you have uh, cookie cutter type uh, things. I got to ask this, this happens, this happens, mm -hmm. this happens. I can, I can sit here and I could lie to you straight through my teeth. 
I tell you, you know, I do this, I'm this, I do this. And I know not to move my face. But when somebody you're talking to somebody, if you don't tell them that, they start reacting. And when they start reacting, that's you don't even have to say anything. If I ask you a question and you react a certain way in your face, I can almost write that down and say this is what they believe about that. It's judging somebody, yes, absolutely, 100% judging somebody. You're judging them off of your movements. Well, you can see fear really good in people that way, too. So. That's right. That's a very interesting combination to have. Uh, but my only, uh, I would say, doubt would be, um, how would you be able to do that if the client chooses to go off video? Uh, because it's a very great tool to use when you have the visual in front of you. But most of my clients prefer to do it in a half video, especially when it is uh, executive coaching. So I just really hear these voices, um, which is why I keep telling that active and intuitive listening is one of the key skills for a coach. And if you're able to really gauge their um, eye movements or face movements or their body reactions, I guess you would be very much uh, inclined to um, listen to the voices, the energy changes, the modulations, and pick up some key things as well. So could you just uh, touch upon that? And yeah, explain absolutely. If, uh, I have had one, one client, actually, that didn't want to do Zoom calls. Um, I, I'm a person that, like I said, I'm a person that has to listen to details. Um, what you write, what you write. Uh, so let's say I'm, we're, we're vetting someone for, I'm going to go back to core for a second. We're going to vet somebody for core because we vet every person that goes in the core. What we do is, is I look at their, I look at their, um, their post. I look at, and I'll answer your question about the voice, but I look at their post or we, there's three of us. We look at their post. We look at what they comment in their post and outside their post. If those three things have the same feeling and the same structure to them, we start saying, okay, these people are real. And then we take that, we start researching their business a little bit. We start researching everything we can about that person. Because there's pe people that have uh, been on LinkedIn that have been amazing people. And then all of a sudden they're uh, going into people's direct messages and putting some bad stuff. So uh, we watch that stuff very closely. Uh, Kelly Sharkey, um, she does the same thing I do. She also can can work with somebody on a ground floor, but she does it in a different way. And uh, she's very good at catching voices, um, as you're saying. She's very good at catching that. But when I'm having a conversation with somebody, if if you go silent, if I ask a question and you go silent, that there can be two things that's happening. One, you don't want to talk about it, or two, you're thinking deeply about it. So I'll ask. I'll get give a little bit of pause, and I'll ask. Is, is this something that's connecting with you or are you just thinking about something? Where, where are you at with this? And so I, th I think that as a life coach, if I have you standing in front of me, if I have you on the phone, if you're writing something to me, to be a good life coach, you got to be able to network all of those things. It's, it's got to be something that's uh, on the tip of your tongue constantly that you're following. I can, I can, I can adjust to this and I can adjust to this. I'm not, a, I'm, and by the way, guys, I'm not a, I'm not a pro. I'm human. I'm human. And, I, and I'm figuring out every day. I'm a student of life, as I always used to put it. Now I don't have any room for it, but uh, I'm always a student of life. So as we are talking right now, in my mind, I'm picking up things that are, I'm learning about you guys. And, and that's, you just got to be in tune with all of that. Have to have that in your head constantly. I'm, I'm in tune with what's going on around me. And yes, voices, absolutely, um, you, you can't, if you close your eyes, you can't do anything other than listen to someone's voice. So I applaud you for being very good at catching, you know, catching what someone says. And I, I guarantee you're amazing at it because you don't seem like a person that would say that you're good at something and not be, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So from what I hear you say, two key skills stand out uh, from what you just explained, one is clarification and second is reframing. So what do you think, how important are these skills for a coach to develop, uh, which will ultimately lead to the point that they're looking for or probably help the client find that answer, which lies within them and it brings to the forefront. So what do you think about these 
two skills and what other skills are necessary for a coach to be accomplished? So um, if you want to look at how to teach a coach to be a good coach, uh, again, you have a valley that you've created, right, in your life, and you've created it. It's yours. It's like no one else's. It's stamped in stone with your name on it. So if I'm working with someone, I have to look at that person is, could someday they go and teach someone else to be, to, to be a better person? Could they be the life coach? So when I, when I work with someone, I try to work with them not to become a life coach, but to work with all of those skills that they can then be intuitive, be, be uh, connected uh, to all of the different things that go on. Like you're saying, if, if you if you can't hear anymore, different senses, you know your different senses kick in. If you can't see anymore, different senses kick in. But why does it? Why would it have to be that you no longer have that skill or have that ability that you start paying attention to those things? There's stuff that happens all the time. You guys, you guys know for a fact that you guys. I I, I mean I I can guarantee. I will say this. I can almost guarantee when you guys read someone someone's post you feel an energy in there, no matter what it is. If it's a comment, whatever it is, you feel that energy. That's because you're in tune to that energy. You, you know it's there. You can hear it in their words. And your mind, whether you think it's doing it or not, is picking out different aspects of that comment that you agree with and you disagree with. Those are going into that valley that's in your mind, that's mental, that goes into your mind, and you evaluate those. So when I'm working with someone, what I do is I try to have them connect with those skills. They're there. They're theirs. Everyone has them, but I just try to have them connect with those. And some of the best people that I've worked with, and when I say best people, people that have come in that I almost want to say they're polished almost to perfection, but I hit on a couple of things. It all of a sudden, it's, it changes. They're, they're, they realize, hey, you know what? I wasn't connected with this part. I need to be connected with this part. There's so many, there's so many things. When someone says, oh, I got it down to a science, I got to see you walk on water because no one has it down to a science. There is no perfect person. I don't care if they're standing on a stage in front of a million people or they're, or they're sitting on their couch. There's no perfect, there's no perfect person when it comes to uh, uh, knowing everything. It just doesn't exist. Did I answer the question? I don't know if I kind of went way off either. <laughs> and that was that was some great points that you mentioned about um, the way a coach can progress. And definitely the skills are, um, you know, it, it depends on the client that we coach uh, or the coach that we would like to coach. And um, certainly, as you rightly said, picking out the best in them and trying to figure out what they need to improve on will certainly help us. Um, in probably teaching them the right uh, things to do. And uh, yeah, it just it comes with experience as well. Certain things cannot just be taught straight away. It just, you pick it up as you experience uh, coaching, as you go through coaching on your own, because I think Michelle and I, we keep talking about uh, how a coach also needs a coach. So there is every chance that we develop, we grow, um, we are also constantly learning. So being a lifelong learner is definitely should be on the top for any aspiring coach. Um, so uh, with that, uh, I just like to ask what advice do you have to give to new age coaches that have started new, that have just set up their business and are looking out to get new clients? So what would be, what would be your advice for them? Um, one of the things is, is uh, keep it simple. Like if someone, uh, let's say, are you saying for uh, the, the feel for LinkedIn? Is that what you would be saying? It can be in general, just uh, for new age coaches where, um, you know, they've just come up uh, from either um, corporate background uh, with no prior experience of coaching or people like me who just started uh, my very first job in engineering, but I found out coaching was my call my life purpose. So I directly shifted uh, my focus on coaching. What would you, what would your advice be for coaches who started new, especially those who started after the pandemic? Um, 
with so many people coming in as coaches, they're they're everywhere. They're and and you know, I I love people in general. Um, I th I think that um, one of the best things to do is is read. I think it's very important. Um, like I'm a big Zig Ziglar fan, but I I'm not, but I'm not a huge reader. I don't read a lot. I I uh, like to when I say read a lot, I don't like to take a book from start to finish. I'm just not that person. I'll, I've done it, but I can almost count on my hands and toes how many books that I have been completely uh, gone from front to back and went, wow, this is awesome. Um, I think it's best to if for someone new is to find all of the things that uh, in the ref or in the library in the world, try to find as many things that connect with those things and then take what they know, write it down on paper that connects with those things. If they, if they find that, if they find that, um, what they're learning in books and from people doesn't connect and they keep having this weird feeling that that's not quite right, then it might not be the, the, the avenue to go down. If it's if it's not connecting, you will start connecting with that stuff. I just think that it takes a certain breed to be a good life coach. I think people, anyone can be a life mm -hmm. coach, but it takes a certain breed, a certain type of thinking. And that thinking needs to be like myself. If I have something, I don't, I, I, I actually enjoy the feeling I get from fear. Like coming on to this, my heart rate isn't up. I'm not wound up at all. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not having a hard time talking. I may, you know, people, some people say I talk too much, but I, I, I'm not having a hard time talking is because it's not, it's I, this, I don't have fear. I, I look at fear as curiosity. So if, if you have a life coach uh, idea or a career goal that you want to become a life coach, uh, you've got to get control of fear. You've got to say, Hey, I want to learn this stuff. You learn, you, you start learning from other people. Don't have a, I'm, I'm the best person out there. I've watched younger people. And I've watched older people that's come on even to LinkedIn and they've come on with this. I'm the best. You're not the best. When you want to become a life coach, you have to understand that you're the best at you. So you're able to teach people about your experiences, but other people's experiences, try to stay away from those. Those aren't yours. Your life experiences are your knowledge. You have that. It's ingrained in you. You've been there. You've experienced it. And for a new life coach, they need to use that. And I'm not saying something traumatic has to happen in their life or you know, failure, big, huge failures in their life, but you may only fit a certain amount of uh, you can only use a certain amount of your experience versus the experience that someone's bringing to you of their failure. They want you to work on. Does that make sense? So if someone has a so if someone has a problem and it's way outside your like you call it wheelhouse because uh, way outside your uh, abilities. You really need to back off and say, okay, this isn't. I'm not at this point yet. You have to take on the things you only can adjust to. Too many people try to take on all this stuff, but if a new life coach comes to me and a new life coach comes to me and says, "I don't, you know, I don't know. I want to learn how to be a life coach." We have to take the things that's in their valley in their life and say, "This is the type of life coaching you're able to do." If it's only learning a bicycle, that's what you can teach somebody to do. Stay with teaching about a bicycle until you learn more things. Absolutely. So. If you're an aspiring coach, uh, I'd highly suggest you watch the replay because there were a lot of golden nuggets that were shared, which really holds true irrespective of any niche uh, or any coaching needs that you cater to. So please do go ahead and listen to the replay to make a note of all those golden nuggets. I think we have a question from uh, Judith. She asked, what's your dream professionally? Um. Uh, professionally, I, I could tell you my life went all, all, all day, but professionally would be, would be, um, I, I think, I think core, the, the core mentors association, if I really wrapped it around it, I want to, I want, you know, if I die tomorrow, I want this legacy to, to move on, to actually help people. If it's, if, if it's a career, uh, I would say, 
I'm just going to say, you know, what I do teaching, teaching people how to be better in their lives. I can't, I can't say that I want to try anything else. This is what I was meant to do. So. That's awesome. What would you like to add, Michelle? Well, for me, it's going to sound like um, I'm stealing Rob's answer, but that's, <laughs> that's really what I want to do. I want to help people be the best person they can be to find and live their purpose. I think there's so much to be gained when you're actually able to live what you love and what you were made for. And it makes me feel just gives me the warm and fuzzies when I can help someone reach that. That is my dream besides, you know, financial independence, freedom of time, but helping people. Absolutely. Shreyas, what about you? I was going to say, is, are you going to tell us too? I want to know. <laughs> so professionally, I'm still uh, hoping I'd follow my engineering passion. Um, it's because of the pandemic, I just had to put a full stop to my dreams in Germany and pick up coaching because that was my alternate passion. And the pandemic gave me the right time to rethink my strategies. So I set up my business. And fortunately, um, by the grace of God, it's going good. And uh, so professionally, uh, that it would be uh, automotive engineering. I love cars and I love designing new cars, ensuring that it is safe for passengers um, and they get to enjoy. Uh, otherwise, it is coaching as both of you shared. It is my underlying passion, which has just come to the fore because of the pandemic and listening to people like you and starting out as coachy to Michelle. I think that is one of the probably life-changing moments that I've ever had uh, after getting coached by her. That is when I started um, to really think of being a coach. So it would just be the two of them. So if the pandemic subsides and all goes well, I might um, end up doing both the roles. So I'll be doing full-time automotive engineering job and concentrating on my business during the evenings and weekends. And uh, yeah, that would be my plans for the future as well, which is the next question that uh, Viraj has asked, what is your future plan? Mine? Oh, all I, of us, I guess. All of, it's not all of us or not. Um, I, would, I would say uh, my future plan, I'm in it right now. Um, I want uh, myself and Kelly Sharkey, we want CORE to become the world's largest uh, mentoring association. There's one that has 40,000 people in it that um, it's a dump for memberships, and um, our uh, passion now is to make CORE the largest mentoring uh, association in the world by uh, keeping it moving. It's going to be constantly moving in the inside. There, There is no uh, hierarchy that um, doesn't intertwine with the people that are in the mem uh, memberships. So my biggest uh goal to move forward is just to make it uh, the largest in the world as in a beacon for people to come to that need help in any aspect. They'll, they'll, um, just connecting people to the right help. COVID, COVID absolutely. Um, you know, they, I just read an article that said it's going to be a, a multi-billion dollar industry to um, try to help the people from COVID. And as you guys all saw, Look at look at where we ended up. We we uh, you know you said you wanted to be an engineer. You know we we went from having all these other jobs and having all these other things to nothing. And what did we have? We had us, just our being. And so uh, if I can connect all of these people to that inner self, then that would be my goal. That's mine. It's a well thought of plan. What about you, Michelle? <laughs> my plan for the future is to build my business and help as many people find and live their purpose as possible. You're doing awesome. it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what's my, um, my future plan? Well, uh, one is to develop my coaching business and uh, align with uh, my vision, which is to raise the consciousness of this world one person at a time, which is what I learned at IPEC, uh, which is great course that I did. And to stay tuned to the foundation principles that I've uh, uh, thought holds true to me. 
and second is uh, to gain experience of both worlds so try to make justice for my studies as an automotive engineer get um, you know put in some few years of service so that uh, everyone stays happy my parents obviously and uh, yeah so just uh, have a plan to balance both these worlds simultaneously and try to stay true to my values so that is my future plan very cool and uh, Judith asked, what's my favorite car? Well, just in case my prospective employer is listening, I'll just go ahead and say it's, oh, it's a Mercedes. So yes, class would be my favorite. <laughs> Otherwise, um, there are other options. I love it. Yeah, I don't know if my prospective employer might be listening, uh, but just to be safe, because I work for Daimler, so I will go, and go ahead and say Mercedes. This class would be my favorite car for the moment. <laughs> so, cool. any other thoughts from you, Michelle, that you'd like to ask Rob? I think Rob has shared so much um, with us, and I'm so happy that he was able to get on with us. We were able to have this conversation and learn so much more and listen to everything he shared. Um, I could probably just have some casual conversations for another couple of hours. But we all have stuff to do. It. I would absolutely love <laughs> yeah. it. Said, my door is open. So if, you, if you're if you coming up this way, absolutely. We'd love to see you. You know, my plans are to do that. So yeah. I will definitely hit you guys up when we get out there. But is there, I think, anything that you, Rob, would like to leave all the participants, listeners, and our audience with today? Uh, the, big, the biggest thing I think is, is that just be real. Just don't, don't hide behind wh what you're, if you have so, uh, something as in fear holding you back, make, turn it into curiosity. Start walking around the other side of it and see what is creating that fear. Be yourself because you're only, you don't know tomorrow could be it. If you're not living your life, you're, you're, you, you may lose it tomorrow. So not having that, not having that, uh, um, kind of mindset you're you're wasting something that's been given to you so experience it you know be, be excited about life you know yeah there's bad things going to happen but you know what that it happens all the time but same with good stuff and the only way good stuff happens is when you start experiencing life absolutely so what are your final thoughts michelle before we end our episode um i'd like to know your Parting thoughts. Well, I think we've learned a lot today, a lot about coaching and a lot about Rob and he let the cat out of the bag who our next live guest will be. In oh. case anybody missed it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So um, next week, you stay tuned, same time, same places, um, will be Kelly Sharkey, wife and partner for Rob Sharkey. And it'll be exciting to follow up and hear uh, what Kelly's been up to and her perspectives. And maybe she'll share some other secrets about Rob. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. I'm an open book. <laughs> if anyone ever wants to ask me anything, I'm an open book forever. You guys, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This has been awesome. And uh, one day uh, I hope to really see you guys on a real stage. I think it would be amazing to have you guys in front of thousands of people making making uh the decisions on bettering themselves in their lives and you guys be up there telling them this is the way you need to do it so i look Absolutely. forward to that it will happen thank you very much and uh, it's a pleasure that uh, we got to host you as our very first live guest for the podcast um, and it's given us a great opportunity to learn more about coaching to learn more about you as a person and as a coach and uh, wish you all the best for your venture co-mentors association so one final question how can people reach out to you um uh, core mentors association has a business page they can come on it um and then also uh you can reach me right now through linkedin you can reach me through my direct message um the uh association the association um uh, is its own entity. So um, if you would like to become a member of um, Core Mentors Association, don't hesitate to uh, 
go on to the website and take a look, see what you think about it. It's doing nothing but growing or vetting a, a serious amount of people right now to become members. So anyhow, I really appreciate it. And thank you so much again for having me on. And I would love to do this again with you guys someday. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for sharing all about you and all about Co-Mentors Association. So to our listeners, please do reach out to Rob if you need any help whatsoever in whichever field that you feel stuck. He's always ready to help you. And this is episode 11 of Get Set to Thrive. Please do go ahead and listen to the replay. It will also be put in on our podcast uh, RSS feed on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Radio Public. Please do leave your comments, feedback, and any message that you'd like to share. We will be happy to go through and feature your questions in our next live episode. Thank you, and stay tuned. Bye. Bye. Get set to thrive.